Hey, real quick, if you're a return listener and you love low-value mail as much as I love doing it, please just do me a solid, leave a rating, leave a review. It really does help. All right, on to the show. Where are the low-value men? Like, what are what are all the low-value men up to during these trying times? Because the high-value men, they, I know they're around. They won't shut the fuck up. Low-value men, I have not heard a word out of. I'm starting to think I'm on their side. I think I want one of those. I want a low-value man. They don't make podcasts. I haven't seen one low-value man make a podcast. Do they not know how to use microphones? Maybe that's a good thing. That's that's hot. All right? I haven't seen... I've never seen a man use a microphone for good. Until now, everybody buckle up. It's low-value mail time with your host, Danny Polishchuk. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to an all-new episode of Low Value Mail on this January 10th, 2023, in the year of our Lord, Muhammad. Uh, no, it can be whatever you want. It can be whatever you want. I'm still, you can hear it. I'm still a little under the weather, but I'm I'm a fighter. I'm battling back. We have a fantastic show. For you this evening, I feel like I look a little big here. I look a little, a little too large in the um, filling up the screen here. I was tinkering around with some things. Uh, it seems better. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, as always, I am your host, Danny Polischuk. Before we get started, as always, please like and subscribe. And if you're listening, as we have many, we have about the same amount of people who listen to this as as watch it on YouTube. Uh, please. You know, leave a review or uh, a rating. All that shit, it really does help. And it's truly the bare minimum you can do. And it would be, from my perspective, entirely all flimits, uh only flimits. So uh, please do that. As always, uh, tonight we got an after show at 11 o'clock. If you want to join in, subscribe. Join the Patreon. Uh, you can join also on Locals. We have people watching over on Rumble. Uh, Patreon.com slash low value mail rumble peoples can be low value mail.locals.com or you can become a scrote here over on uh, YouTube. Just become a scrote um, and you get access to all sorts of stuff. Early episodes of the female dating strategy and bathhouse uh, audio. You get those a week early. Lots of other shit. I'm not going to get bogged down and uh, too all too much of all this shit. And then uh, tomorrow. We're back with a new episode of The Bathhouse. Last week, we had a last-second cancellation. I apologize for that if you were planning on tuning into The Bathhouse. Uh, but I was in the green room. We were all set up. And the green room of the Stan Comedy Club, if you haven't watched The Bathhouse, The Bathhouse is a weekly show that I do. Uh, it's just like comics hanging around, talking shit, and it's a call-in show from the green room of the Stan Comedy Club. It's the best green room in... Probably the best green room in New York for sure, no question. For for comedy, it's the shit. But it was it's small and it was fucking packed full of people, and I didn't want to. And there was people who were much more famous than I, who I would like to have on the show sometime. So I was like, you know what? I don't think the move here is to be a dick and start kicking people out of the green room. Um, so uh, we had to cancel it. And you know what? The bathhouse is such a show. Stuff like this might happen in the future. It's it's a weird one. But we'll be back tomorrow night. I, I promise you that. And as always, 
Uh, once we get to 100 likes, I'll give away a channel membership. So you could get become a scroll for free if you just hit the like button over on YouTube. So the topic for this evening, the scariest moment of your life slash near-death experiences. This has been put up to vote. Uh, that's one of the things you, if you become a patron. Um, you get to vote on topics from time to time. Probably like half the topics, I'd say something like that. This one kept never winning, but it was a multiple second places. So I said, you know what? Let's do it. Uh, scariest moment of your life, near-death experiences. I'm sure there's some real, real low-value stories uh, that we got from some people. I would say personally, uh, my... I was because I was trying to think. You know, what was the scariest moment of my life? I've never had a pregnancy scare from a from a girlfriend, so the don't have that. I uh, probably it's just like a car accident. I got in a car accident uh, when I was in high school. I was that was pretty scary. Um, it wasn't it wasn't even a bad accident. It was before like I had a cell phone too, so it's like I don't even know what the fuck I was doing. Like, just thinking about how I would drive when I did have a cell phone, I was like, I was way more dangerous when I had a cell phone. Um, but so, uh, that was probably mine. But honestly, thinking about it, because I've never had a near-death experience, but then also I was like, maybe I have. I think a lot of people probably, and that was starting to trip me out a bit. I'm like, we probably all have had near-death experiences, and we didn't even know they happened. You know, like like just some sort of horror movie type shit. You're on an airplane and the fucking pilots all pass out for some reason or, so, you know, like whatever, some shit like that. Or someone is about to fucking like get on a head on collision with you and you, but they don't and you never know. Right. The, uh, so I, uh, I do think about that, that I go, there probably have been a lot of near-death experiences where I just didn't know about them. But I'm sure a lot of you uh, have had near-death experiences where maybe you did know about them. Um, so we're going to get to it. We're going to start off and go over to the low-value mailbox. Check out some emails, some voicemails um, that we have, and then talk about... Talk about something, uh, an article. I'm actually covering, I don't really get into specific article coverage, but it's not really an article. It's a, it's a larger theme here. Uh, but let's, let's listen to a couple voicemails that we have uh, queued up. What's up, Danny? This is Jack from California. Uh, my prediction for 2023 is that you're going to come out as a masochist because that is the only logical explanation for how you can stream female dating strategy for an entire year. Yeah. Looking forward to some misery with the boys, but damn yeah. it, man, something needs to change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you haven't, if you're unaware, I stream the female dating strategy podcast and it is, Really hell. I, I don't he's just coming out as a masochist. I'm like, I think I've proven that I am definitely a masochist. Uh there is no question about that. Hi Danny, it's Will again. Um just heard the caller after me talking about some guns. These are from uh last week, by the way, just in case. Actually we have one from today. Laws that I wanted to clarify. Um first of all, he was discussing reciprocity, not recidivism. 
where another state will recognize one state's concealed carry licenses or open carry licenses. I was wondering about if I could get a gun as someone who's not like in tech. I think it was in Texas. I'm like, can I get a gun if I'm not from and I'm like not even a citizen or anything? Um, also, as a resident non-citizen, which is someone on like a permanent immigration visa, you can get a firearm. Uh, if you're here on like a work or study visa, federal law will still allow you to get a firearm if you have a hunting permit, hunting license. Or, you know, certain other, like, specific exceptions will let you get one. So, wanted to clarify some of that. All right. Oh, also, Celsius is uh, bullshit. Um, oh, doesn't like Celsius. If it's 100 degrees outside, it's a hot day. If it's zero degrees outside, it's a really cold day. If I want to know if water's frozen or boiling and I need to grab a thermometer, my unit of measurement isn't my biggest problem. All right, bye. You know what, Will? You, you put put uh forth some valid uh points there but still no i still don't uh that's just yeah 100 is hot to you because you grew up in america everybody else is like yeah 100 is insane that's not a temperature that exists i uh i'm sorry that my canadian is showing everybody and let's listen to the last last one hey danny it's maurice oh our boy maurice won't be able to call into the show today going to an avalanche game so i'm hoping you forgive me yes uh, i'll let you know how the hockey game turns out later but i did see the topic times uh near death the closest i've been which still kind of fucks with me today is i was driving through wyoming and if you've never driven through wyoming you'll legitimately see signs that say like stop here you're not going to see any stores or gas or anything for several hundred miles, so make sure you have anything. It's going through there. It's about eight hours to get Sounds from like one side of the state to the other. Driving, fell asleep, woke up to a truck's horn blaring, swerved. I was already in the left-hand lane, and Wyoming roads would sometimes go down to single lanes, so I was already in the left-hand lane. Car blared, swerved to the far right, and only then there's a big drop-off, not like a mountain or a cliff, you know, like a very sizable drop-off. Like, barely missed the drop-off, turn left, starting to veer into the left-hand game, finally get control, pull over to the side, and I'm just freaking out. And to this day, like, one, I genuinely hate driving now. I try to avoid driving at all costs. And if I do have to drive, I always have some type of either like Red Bull, candy, just something to make sure like I'm always awake with a zero possibility of going to sleep because that one of the most terrifying things. All right, Danny, have a good time. That was Maurice, everybody. Uh, yeah, that's fucking scary. I mean, driving is like I feel like most people's near death experiences are probably have something to do with a car. Would be my guess. Shout out to Tony P with the super chat. Um, that would be my guess. For, for something like that it makes me think with the self-driving stuff because you know a lot of people are super against self-driving because on the grand scheme of things self-driving probably would save lives on balance overall but then individually right you're probably like well everybody i'm sure not everybody but there's many people who are like well i will never get into a car accident so i'm actually increasing my chances like i'm a very good driver which i'm sure many very good drivers have also died in car accidents or gotten car accidents. But, uh, you know, a lot of people who are like, yeah, I'm not letting a, a self-driving car decide if I live or die. I'm leaving that up to me. Um, whereas some people are probably better off for it. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like the idea of self-driving car, but I also think about it. I go like, 
you know, and then there's the whole ethics, the 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 ethics of all that stuff. Where if a self, if you're in a self-driving car, and then you know you're one person, and then there you're about to hit five people, like is it programmed to drive you off a fucking cliff? Because they're like, well, we'd be killing five people instead of one. Because if I'm driving, and it's between me and those five people, I got to know a lot about those five people, a lot. Um, shout out again to uh, our boy. Tony P. Okay, we got a couple emails, and then I want to talk about one thing, and then we will open up the phone lines for the scariest moment of your life slash near-death experiences. This is from Sam from the Low Value Email Box. My prediction for 2023 is that Yellowstone, not the show, uh, the national park will blow up, uh, or perhaps another volcano or some massive asteroid or something burny and destructive very scientific term burny i believe i can't remember what the book i read was but uh apparently yellowstone is like the largest uh like it is like it's due to blow up at some point it is a volcano right or it's not a volcano but it's due to blow uh but like it, it like it, like it blows up every you know like i don't know someone will correct me but it's something like you know every Hundred million years it blows, and it's been like two hundred million years since since it blew up. So we're any minute now, and you're fucked if that happens. Uh, I think the elites will either influence to happen or have a plan to take advantage of an event like this, where they will force the population into underground pods, eternal VR slash AR metaverse life, and they'll push a supplement replacement drink or something to solve the lack of vegetation and agriculture available after the sun is blocked out. And the warehouses are burned down. I mean, if something like that happens, yeah, like the sun does get, uh, uh, I, fuck, I can't remember what the book was. It was from this Australian guy. He writes a lot of really good books. I haven't read it in a while. Um, but he, uh, there was, there was some like, you know, there's happened in recorded or somewhat recent history where I think it was somewhere in Europe where a volcano or something like that went off. And then they're like, yeah, we didn't see the sun for uh like a year or something or maybe it was, it was but it was something along those lines and then you're like you don't have crops like all the crops dies so it's a real uh real fucked up okay next email is from pm it says hi danny i love low value mail content your previous show in question pool made me think of one of the many times my dad Fucked with us kids when we were younger. I was around five and was walking with him past a neighbor's house. We lived in North Toronto at the time. Shout out. And they had these new decorative graphite rocks surrounding their garden. They must have been at least a hundred of them. I was like, oh, wow, check out those rocks. He very nonchalantly said, oh, those are space rocks like meteorites. Must have fallen from the sky recently and then continued about our walk. Little did he know, I took this information to heart. And the following Monday in senior kindergarten was drawing pictures of space rocks, telling my classmates about them, and ultimately planning the entrepreneurial undertaking of removing all of my neighbor's rocks and carrying them back to our shed. It was the 80s, so all of us kids were left to our own devices after school, and I convinced my younger sister and brother to carry all these rocks across our property lines into our shed. Took hours. Later that evening, our neighbor shows up at the door and tells my parents about the 100% of the rocks being taken, and they believe I may be involved. Uh, We ultimately had to lead them out to the shed, and I had to explain how I had taken the space rocks because they were from space and not theirs, which is a good point. Those aren't your space rocks. Who owns space rocks? Um... They were, in fact, a finder's keeper situation, and I would be selling them as space rocks for $100. We spent the next hour bringing them all back and relining their garden. 
that's actually pretty hilarious. And that's kind of your dad's fault, to be honest. That's like, you know, you, you it's funny to like exploit children's gullibility uh, because it's like you're like, oh, they're so stupid. They don't know anything. But you're like, yeah, they don't know anything because they're five and they rely on you for to learn. And then you're lying to them because you think it's funny or cute. Uh, anyways, hilarious. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get to a single single thing I want to talk about. Then we're gonna open up the phone lines. Um, shortly. Okay, there was an article this week in Scientific American, which I, uh, which I suppose is some sort of tabloid at this point. I don't know. This was the headline of the article. I just thought it was so crazy. And, you know, it made the rounds a bit online um, regarding DeMar Hamlin. Uh, If you don't know, he was the player for the Buffalo Bills, had a heart attack on the field. He's uh, he's recovered or recovering currently. It looks like he'll he'll be okay. Uh, It's unclear whether he will ever play in the NFL again, but that is uh, the nature of such a thing. Uh, The article titled DeMar Hamlin's collapse highlights the violence black men experience in football. What? And uh, it's a little like, uh, I don't know, sub-headline thing. It says, the terrifyingly ordinary nature of football's violence disproportionately affects black men. Black men disproportionately make up players in the NFL. It, it honestly seems like we should be like, well, we solved that one, Scientific America. You, where did you get your science degree from? Because, uh... <laughs> Like what? So I'm gonna this article is fucking insane, okay? In in really insane. So it says millions of people I'm I'm gonna kind of skim skim through it, but it says millions of people watch as DeMar Hamlin, a twenty four year old player in the National Football League, executed a seemingly routine tackle during a highly anticipated Monday night football game. Immediately after, he rose to his feet, then collapsed, as we all seen it. We learned the next day that Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest. His heart had suddenly stopped working. This scene was horrific for both its regularity and its exceptionality. So is it regular or is it exceptional? Aren't those the opposite? Um, Matt Gutman of ABC tweeted as much. The scariest part of this is that the hit was in fact not scary. It wasn't. It looked like a pretty normal hit. It looked terrifyingly ordinary as it because it was. The ordinariness of men running into each other at full speed represents a normalized, even rationalized violence that is routine to this American game. I mean, first off, the NFL is not the most violent game on earth. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure there's like some crazy ass like Aussie rules and all that nonsense. Like those those ones, those seem more dangerous to me. I guess the only difference is they don't wear pads. So not wearing pads makes you can't, I guess, go totally, totally full speed because it takes more of a toll on your own body. Um, and it says the ordinary violence has riddled the sport and affects all players. But black players are disproportionately affected. They are. Because they are a disproportional amount of the players in the National Football League, um, it's honestly one of the one of the crazier things. Uh, it says that while black men are severely underrepresented in positions of power across football organizations such as coaching and management, they are overrepresented on the gridiron. 
Non-white players account for 70% of the NFL. Nearly half of all Division I college football players are black. Further, through a process called racial stacking, coaches racially segregate athletes by playing position. Right. That's why all kickers are white. Uh, these demographics, discrepancies, place black athletes at a higher risk during play. Um, honestly, this was one of the more just absolutely, like, was there no editor? Uh, <laughs> the whole thing is so crazy. And honestly, it made me put in more context. It's like, obviously, we just know that black people, yeah, they're, they're a disproportionate amount of players in the NFL. They're pretty much all the superstars in the league. It did make me think, though, about how crazy it was. I, I could be wrong on this, but I looked it up, but I, I couldn't find exactly the answer. But in 2019, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Christian McCaffrey, I think he almost won, won the rushing title as a white running back. I think he was leading up until like somewhere like halfway through the season. He ended up in third uh, for like in the rushing title. And you're like, that? I remember the time being like, what is going on here? What is happening? Something is amiss. Uh, good, good running back, good running back, but it just, it's strange. It says as a cultural anthropologist, I spent the last decade learning how black college football players navigate the exploitationism, racism, and anti-blackness that are fundamental to its current system. College football is anti-black. And the thing is like, they don't even, there's no, uh, like examples of anything. Like they're not like, oh, here it is. They just go, well, it's violent sport. So therefore, it's anti-black. And you're like, because black people are doing it? It literally makes no sense, okay? Football is a spectacle where excessive violence is mundane because hits that cause injuries are a constant occurrence and spectators are desensitized to it. Consumers of the sport assume players will withstand any bodily affront. No, they don't. So they are shocked when a player's physical limits are exceeded, often on very public stages. People with a vested interest in professional football rationalize excessive violence in this structured space, as well as the ones that encompass college, high school, and peewee play, all because they assume that rules, equipment, and regula regulations exist to prevent death. No. Also, no. I mean, when you watch football, you obviously like the football, but you also want to see... Do you remember, like, in the early 2000s? Before the CTE stuff, and they had that segment on Monday Night Football where it's like, he got jacked up. And it was literally just one guy after another getting concussed. It was just constant concussions. And then they'd be like, he got jacked up. And he would get jacked up. He would get a concussion. Or very injured. While this form of entertainment has been normalized, Hamlet's injury demonstrates that ordinary violence has potential potentially deadly consequences and highlights how black men's athletic labor sustains this brutal system. Like, are they being forced to do this? Seems like they want to. Seems like it's America's most popular game. And then the people want to do that. And then they happen to, you know, physically have attributes where they excel at this game. Clearly. Like there's how many Asian players are in the, how many Players in the East, East Indian players are there in the NFL. Probably between both of those five. And they're probably all like long snappers and punters. Maybe one offensive lineman or some shit. On these playing fields, ones that sociologists, Billy Hawkins, would argue are never theor theoretically. This is where he gets just, whew. One that sociologists, Billy Hawkins, would argue are never theoretically far from plantation fields. 
Financial stakeholders value black bodies for their productive potential and physical prowess. I just would like to note that Tony Dungy, former NFL player, NFL coach, tweeted that this thing was fucking nonsense, so good for him. The league encourages and facilitates rigorous training and disciplining so players can execute seemingly impossible. You're talking about all sports. Like, this isn't unique to the NFL. Like, all sports do this, where they, you know, put, they tax their bodies. Like, now maybe, like, what about boxers? Like, there's so many violent things that people do that are not, I mean, necessary. Like, I guess you're like, what's necessary? What is your solution here? That's why you can never let these people in charge of shit, because they'll just be like, yeah, we got to cancel the NFL. (coughs) Even though nobody is, like, being forced to do shit. Everybody's just enjoying themselves. The league encourages and facilitates rigorous... Uh, oh, sorry, I already read that. Um, in the words of sociologist and activist Harry Edwards, like a piece of equipment, the black athlete is used. While I'm not aware of research that compares the rate of injury between black and white football players, because I would venture to say, why would there be any? Heat strokes, ACL and labor tears, ankle sprains, bone breaks and concussions are just a few of the consequences of how these bodies are used. Yeah, it's called professional sports. Like, you could tell that this is written by a chick. Because you're like, this is sports. That is what happens. Yeah, you put your body on the line. That's the whole point. It's why people pay huge money to go watch these players. Because you're like, these are the best of the best. They have been filtered out through an entire system. (coughs) Excuse me. They've been filtered out by an entire system all the way up. So you go, these are the best ones. Like when you... I often think about, like, when you go watch, like, I couldn't give a shit about going to watch AHL hockey or AAA baseball. I just don't care. But, like, those guys are right there. They are right there, and there's just one thing that is keeping them back. (coughs) Excuse me. And should they make it to the league, oftentimes, it's like, you know, some of them excel, but oftentimes they'll play two games, and they're just not good enough, even though they're so good in the one tier below. The most recent and exaggerated example occurred in fall 2020 during the first season of play during the COVID-19 pandemic. Beginning in March 2020, there were almost no students on campus. Classes shifted to virtual formats. All huge mistakes. And social distancing, that was uh, me editorializing there, and social distancing became common practice. However, teams and conferences decided football play would continue. Good idea, because they they were not at risk at all. Players in all five major Division I conferences risked their health with an unpredictable and sometimes deadly virus to play a high-contact sport in almost empty stadiums to satisfy their universities as well as the fans and the broadcasters. It's almost like a free market where people want to play, people want to watch, so then those two things align with one another and we get to watch them while we're fucking all locked inside and all we want is for them to pick up a fucking football and just throw it. If those players hadn't taken the field, athletic departments could have lost $4.1 billion uh, in revenue. Now back to uh, DeMar Hamlin. They say, despite the severity of DeMar Hamlin's injury, the current NFL season will continue. Imagine they're like, the season's done. Like, just even you wrote, yes, you wrote that out loud. You wrote that, uh, not out loud, you wrote that. And you're like, let's publish this in Scientific American. Like, that the current season... Yeah, of course. They didn't cancel the fucking NFL season for 9-11. Why are they... You think they're going to cancel it for... They didn't cancel it for COVID. They replayed it. Or they're not replayed it. They played the modified version. 
The game between the Bills and the Bengals has officially been canceled and the playoffs will be modified, but predictably the Super Bowl in February will be followed by the scouting combine in March, the draft in April, and team training camps during the summer, all to prepare for the season to begin again in the fall. But we can't forget about that without players themselves, the game cannot persist. Yeah, but they want to play. The elaborate infrastructure of the entire system relies upon the continued participation. If we expect these quotidian gladiators to return to the field, structural shifts must occur so that they are actually cared for in a way that respects their humanity. No. As men who just happen to play the game of football exceptionally well. Look, again, the whole reason they're compensated so well is for that reason. That is like, that's the trade-off. You go like, that's why people participate in all this stuff is you go, well, if I become the best at my position in the world, I get to make a boatload of money. And there's lots of people who do dangerous jobs in exchange for money. They're almost always men, like 99% of the time. But uh, that's how it works. You just, there's these dangerous jobs people don't want to do. You ever see those fucking TikToks where some guy has to like, I replace a light bulb on top of this tower and I got to climb up like... 400 stories in wintertime and it's dangerous and I get paid 90. You're like, yeah, no, who wants to do that? Who wants to do that? Nobody. Um, It's funny too, Scientific American. <laughs> and now I'm starting to get into some uh, some dangerous territory right here. I, I don't really know how, how this works, but Scientific American, do you have any articles about the increase of heart attacks? About the fact that it was like a heart attack. So, okay. This is a this is a tricky subject right here. People's minds are very made up. I was actually going to... I was thinking of actually doing a topic about the just a general increase in heart attacks. If you go you like search on YouTube heart attacks, not a lot comes up. It is very strange. Like, if you go like increased heart attacks, there's not a lot. And I don't know if you get kicked off of YouTube for it. Maybe I'm going to get kicked off for this. I hope not. I hope this is not strike worthy for just discussing something that we know for a fact to be true, that there is an increase uh, in heart attacks. Now, it's interesting because excess deaths are up. I don't actually know. Sorry, you know what? I'm going to take that back. I, it appears that there's an, uh, an increase in heart attacks. I don't know the stats. I can say for certain that excess deaths are higher. There's no question. Excess deaths... Um, are up. There's more deaths than there should be. They can, they can model this stuff pretty uh, precisely. And there's a decent amount of deaths more than there should be on a, on a weekly basis. Now I was reading some stuff. Uh, Scott Adams, the Dilbert guy, if you know him, sharp guy, he basically said like, you know, maybe it's from the vaccine. Maybe it's from COVID. Maybe it's from people using more drugs. Maybe it's depressed. And people are kind of quick to jump um, to jump to conclusions on this. Like I personally thought they go like my first thing was like, Oh, he had a heart attack on the field. And you're like, well, do you get a heart attack from getting hit really hard? I didn't think you did, but then I went, you know, did, did my own research, if you will. So watching some videos, I watched uh, a YouTube video with this guy. His name's Dr. Mike Hansen. You can check it out. He basically talks about this. He's a doctor. Uh, I don't know even what kind. So maybe he's talking shit. But the interesting thing to me was in the comments section of his video on YouTube. There's a lot of people, a lot of people who were coming out in the comment section saying like, you know, when I was 18, 
someone uh, I was playing lacrosse, someone had a heart attack, died on the spot, like someone in, so it's like, this happens, this does happen, this isn't, it's not, like, it's easy because of the times we're living in to say, like, oh, this is for sure this, now it does seem suspicious, but uh, it's hard to necessarily attribute specifically, like, these these things, um, and again, I don't, like, it's weird, I don't, am I allowed to talk about this on YouTube? <coughs> oh, excuse me. Wouldn't it be funny if I had a heart attack right now? Like, I was just like, isn't it suspicious that all these heart attacks? And then I'm like, Ugh. and I just die. People would like that. I mean, I will say that I had someone I knew, a comedian, 32 years old, had a heart attack and died. That is weird. Definitely just dying in your sleep. That one's a weird one. That's weird. Yeah. But uh, I-, I will say that for, because I-, I know a lot of people are probably like, it was for sure the vaccine. It was 100%. There's no question it was the vaccine. And then the people were like, well, you don't know their vax status or whatever. But you're like, yeah, but also it's the NFL and probably 98% of them are vax. They don't have a mandate anymore, I believe, but they did. Uh, but it, it, if you see the comments, people are like, there's no shortage. I was watching some video of some kid who like his dad was talking because they now do EKGs on stuff. I guess people have bad hearts. They've had bad hearts. From before. Now, it was shocking to see. It wasn't even the first time it happened in the NFL, and it happened before. I guess I'm more interested in the fact that, like, am I even allowed to discuss this on YouTube? Like, am I going to get in trouble? I, I I don't know. I really don't know. Um, but I kind of brought up this whole thing also because it was in the vein of scariest thing that's ever happened to you because that was a pretty scary thing for a lot of people. And I am glad he's okay. But uh, I, I, I don't even know what my point is here. Uh, I guess, like, you don't want to be super super quick to rush to judgment or to, you know, um, cause we all have biases, obviously we all do. And then sometimes you, you look to, uh, you know, get positive affirmations of your bias with just things that happen. But it is interesting looking through the comments. I will say looking through the comments, cause there were a lot of people who are like, yeah, when I was 17, like it was like the seventies and we didn't have any of this shit. And just like, yeah, my friend tr- took a lacrosse ball right to the chest. I guess if you get hit really hard, Right where your heart is, you can die. But it's like, don't they have pads in the NFL? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get too too wacky out here. Um, I know that a lot of people's minds are probably pretty made up. And I think I watched uh, Brett Weinstein on Rogan, and he talks about this. And the crazy thing is, because he's, he's, I guess, like me, where he says, like, I don't know. But this is all stuff that could easily be found out. And why aren't we looking into it? And that is the real question, is the why are we not looking into it? Um, all right. I'm going to open the phone lines. I've been rambling. I apologize. Went a little long. <sighs> what is the scariest thing that's ever happened to you? Slash your near-death experiences. I want to hear it. YouTube, Susan, be cool. Don't ban me. I don't know if it's ban-worthy. But it is weird. I'm telling you. The phone lines are open. 646-710-0949. It's odd. That if you search about it, just like nothing comes up. It's very little, like like almost nothing on YouTube. I'm sure people are watching on Rumble being like, yeah, search on Rumble. There's a lot of shit over here. All right, we got our first caller of the night. Thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Who am I speaking with? I'm sure people are watching on Rumble being oh. like, yeah. hey, what's up? Wait, did this actually go through? This did go through. You're on the show. Who am I speaking with? Oh, shit. Um... 
Oh, Make up a name quickly. I don't quickly. even remember what I was going to talk about. Um, right, scariest moments of your life. Um, I remember hearing a story from my mother once that when I was a little baby, I nearly fell down a staircase and died. But it, but it didn't but you happen. you didn't even so. fall down the staircase? No, I didn't. But it's well, like, oh, huh. well, then she just I nearly presumed, died once. Well, but she presumed you would have died. I mean, I guess. I mean, kids fall down all the time. Like, kids are kind of like, can, kids can fall. Yeah, but it's like one of those spiral staircases that go directly up. Oh, I still feel like kids have fallen down those. It's not, I, I, I don't think yeah, that's but a like, slam I was dunk. like hanging, like, but do you know those guardrails they have in those spiral staircases that yeah. go directly up? Like, mm. I was hanging on one of those. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. What, were you, what was your mom doing that allowed such a thing? Um, I don't remember the specifics. I just remember, I just remember from the story, it's like, I, she saw me hanging from the edge of the stairs, like, oh, crap, I better get Samson down. Yeah. I guess. Sam. Yeah, that's, I, I guess that's scary, except it didn't, I, I guess it happened to you, but you don't remember it, so does, does it count? Yeah, I know. It's, so, it's sort of like I just overheard. You, I don't know. I guess it's you know, your near-death that's experience. More, that's more well. of a near-death experience. I guess. Yeah, that's closer to near-death experience. Um, yeah, I guess. Is that, that that I got? You have anything else you want um, um, <laughs> While I'm on, sure. um, I'm going to... Well, while I'm on the chat, um, I'm going to give a shout-out to... Um, what's it? There's a guy doing it, doing um, who's going to be doing a D&D game. Okay. And he's going to... He's I don't know. I'm beating him to the punch to announce it to everyone now that I'm on, actually. That what? Um, there's a guy on a previous um, <laughs> on a previous low value mail. He didn't announce. This is a very low value right here. Yeah, he had his D and D game. I know. Yeah, I, I know. posted about it somewhere. I don't. It's like a Discord, right? Yeah, I know. Okay. Um, yeah, he's um he's got the whole thing up and running now. He just needs players. All right. Well, people, check out. I don't know what episode it is, but hopefully he's watching. He can announce in the chat or post a link for the Discord. Yeah. Uh, for it. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Uh, almost fell down a set of stairs. Real scary stuff right there. Real scary stuff. Um, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know. Have I ever fallen down a set of stairs? Probably. Have to have. Hello. Thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Hey, Danny. Hey. Uh, how's it going? Good. How are you? Who am I speaking with? Uh, Daniel from Tucson. I've Daniel. called in once before. Daniel from Tucson. How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, so I have a couple near-death experiences. I, for a while there, I thought I was like the dude from like Final Destination or something because I kept almost dying like back to back. Really? Were you putting yeah. yourself in dangerous positions or? Was no, I was just like at work. Really... Oh, okay. Where do you work or where did you work? Uh, I worked at Raytheon at the time. Okay, so. <laughs> but so okay. just like fucking warheads accidentally going off. No, no, nothing like that. This is actually much more tame to where the, the rest of that, like I was just a computer guy, but, uh, mm. like, uh, one day I got in an accident and it was like, um, I got T-boned and it annihilated my car that, and it was probably like four or five inches. I know they always say that, but like another four or five inches, like yeah. out into the road and I would have been completely done. Yeah, and then done. that's, I think a lot with cars like Chad just told a story on a previous and he posted in the discord, the photo of his car getting totaled. And it's like, yeah, a lot of those times you're like seconds. All seconds. Yeah. Uh, it was crazy. Cause like I was 
it spun me, right? Have you ever been in a car accident like that where uh, your car no, is just like spinning I've around? Ne- I've never. I've spun on snow before, like, but yeah, not. it was nuts. And like my some coolant had ruptured or something and hit to my like ventilation system. So there was this green fog just pouring out of my ventilation system oh, as no. I'm spinning around. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck is happening. <laughs> what a nightmare. Uh, yeah, and then, like, it stops, and I just get out the car, uh, and somebody's like, are you okay? And I'm like, what the fuck do you think? Uh, <laughs> I wonder and if these are like, all going to be car-related ones. I, I would like, imagine. Yeah, I feel like that's, like, 99%. Yeah, I feel like it's very common. I mean, I know someone who was on a derailed uh, Amtrak train, actually, a comic friend of mine. Jesus fucked, yeah, Christ. Yeah, that shit happens, too. They just trains derail occasionally. And, and then, um, and yeah, and then, like, a a couple of weeks later, because I had to take a like a week off of work, because um, my shoulder was pretty messed up, and uh, like get a new car and everything. Um, and so then I come back, and then like two days after coming back at work, I'm down plugging a computer in, and my badge. I would wear this like uh, like chain lanyard, kind of like a chain uh, that the pen is on at like the bank or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To hold my ID badge, um, and it it. I guess touched a socket and like knocked out power and shocked me. And even the EMP is <laughs> like, I don't want to touch you, dude. Really? Uh, yeah. Cause I had just been shocked and I was like, Oh my God. And you knocked out the power at Raytheon. Oh, well just at this one little area. Cause oh, I mean, the, you know, the way those places are, they're gigantic complexes. Yeah, yeah, buildings. Like huge. Do you still work there? No, no. I actually like after that I was like, Oh my God, I could die any day. I'm going to like, career change and oh, so, really? so i got like into that, that actually kind of was like a positive thing where you're like you know what life's short can't be fucking yeah yeah, yeah. Can't and be actually kind of got into gay bombing brown kids <laughs> right no now you you'd be surprised um is there ever like the amount of... sorry go on well, no what were you gonna say i was just saying is there ever any discussion amongst employees at, at raytheon like do you ever like at the lunchroom being like huh is that well, stuff I mean, being used for bad things? Like, does that ever? I think it's like a, to certain people, you're just like, "Hey, I work a job or whatever." But one thing I will say, because you're not supposed to really like, you know, talk or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But uh, one thing I, I will say is like, there's definitely like, uh, like a, a propaganda element to that side of stuff where they're like it's helping you know the right, this and that right right yeah um, they have like an internal propaganda unit who's like for yeah everybody for the one guy who's like you know we're doing some pretty fucked up shit and they're like no we're yeah, not yeah. we're helping or it's like who are we selling these to exactly and yeah. stuff like that and it's <laughs> like hey don't talk about that yeah yeah but that so it doesn't get discussed too much or at least the the internal propaganda wins that battle so everybody's like Geez. i was an it grunt so ultimately they were just like you know Fix the computer. Uh, yeah, you're just like, we need our computers fixed. You're like, all right. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Thanks for calling. And so what do you do now? What was your uh, near-death experience caused you to uh, move into it? Well, I went um, into like film uh, and studied that uh, for a while and um, did like a lot of like short films, you know, like yep. 20 minute stuff. Um, but then I got out of it for a little while because I got more into investing. Um around like 2017 because this is all like over the course of like 10 years now yeah yeah. Uh, but uh so yeah just kind of got away from like the nine to five life that was the thing that i really need to get away from because you know i don't want to work i don't want to just wake up in the morning 
go and repeat the same day over and over. So I think that was really the the like uh, inflection point for that. Right. Where I'm like, okay, let's just do something else. So there's a bit of a silver lining, you'd say. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's not bad. All right, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Take it easy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I was wondering what it's like when you work at Raytheon. If everybody's like, how they feel about things, if you will. Smash that like button, everybody. 16 more likes, and I'll give away a channel membership. Thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Smash that like button. Hey, how you doing? Hey, good. Uh, Can you just turn down the the volume? Yeah, I just muted my TV. Yeah, no problem. Um, Yeah, uh, I posted in your community tab section, and you said to call in, so I decided to call in about my near-death experience in a car accident. Nice. Yeah, this... This was like not 20 nice years the, ago. Nice that you called in, not the car accident. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, about 20 years ago, I was uh, driving out to Pittsburgh. Me and my buddy, he was too drunk to drive. I don't know what I thought made me better to drive than him because we were drinking the whole time. And um, But we ended up on um, the parkway outside of Pittsburgh, and I ended up hydroplaning and drifting in front of a semi truck and it knocked us off the road and when we hit the embankment i got thrown out the rear window of the car what and you, you yeah, had a seatbelt on it take it i had just taken my seatbelt off of all things because i was grabbing the turnpike ticket and i had the window down and it fell on the floor and of the car and i had to get it so i had to take off my seatbelt and the last thing i saw as i hydroplaned in front of this uh truck was the they flashed the lights and oddly hey, enough, you guys were driving this, drunk in the rain. Yeah, I was pretty drunk. It was bad rain too, yeah. and I, 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 I don't remember much for about an hour of the drive. But I remember once we got to where we were at, and then okay. I decided to go even farther into Ohio. <clears throat> but um, I was listening to the radio, and it was Greg Allman. I'm no angel of all things. Was on the classic station, and the truck flashed its lights, and. uh I remember saying Jesus, and then it, it hit us, and it felt like I got yanked out, and I got ejected out the rear window of the car and got tied up in the guardrails. What? That's yeah. And what, what was like your <clears throat> the extent of your injuries? Well, I got severe multiple head trauma, and I got a couple scars, and that's it. But the near death experience part was my buddy was in the passenger seat. The car comes back on the road and got wiped out by another truck somehow he didn't get injured he jumped out of the car to help me other people pulled over they were helping me i got life flighted to a hospital outside of pittsburgh um i was in and out of consciousness and they actually lost my heartbeat three separate times for about a total of seven and a half minutes wow and my i actually was like looking over my body that was the craziest thing to me was so you do in fact remember like actually leaving your body yeah, I, well, I don't remember. Actually, I, I was on this, the road, and it was raining, and I said, help me, I'm cold and I'm wet. And then the next thing I remember, I was looking down on a nurse, uh, and uh, like a paramedic, and I could see the cockpit area where the pilot was, <clears throat> and I was screaming, and then I didn't feel any pain at all. <clears throat> and uh, after like the third time they hit me with the defibrillator, I felt pain again, and I got yanked back into my body. Wow. I went out of consciousness until I was at the hospital. I remember the doctor in the ER saying something about 
I had a bald spot on the back of my head. And he said, well, you don't have to worry about that where you broke out the glass of the window. We can just stitch up over your bald spot. And I remember saying he had jokes. And then I went into it. I was in a coma for like 10 days after that. What? What is being in a coma like? Do you remember anything? I don't remember that. It went right from, I remember me saying, you got jokes to waking up and thinking I was blind because I had like those sleep crinkles in your eyes yeah. and stuff. They must not have wiped my eyes that day, but I thought I was blind, but somehow I knew I had a catheter in. I was like, get it out. And the nurse that was checking my vitals and didn't realize I was awake flipped out. And she was like, what, what? And I was like, get it out of me now. And she's like, what? And I'm like, that thing. Somehow I knew I had a catheter in me, even though I was, my eyes were shut. Wow. They may have even been taped shut for all I knew at that point. Cause sometimes I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. But, yeah, but other than that, I, ha- I had severe multiple head trauma. They said, but whenever I started talking, the doctor comes in and he says, you know, you bruised your heart when you, you must have hit the steering wheel or something before you got ejected from the vehicle. So your body released an enzyme. We don't know how drunk you were, but based on your friend who was at a 0.35, I'm guessing you were drunk. He goes, so he said, you're probably lucky that you were that drunk. Otherwise, you would have been dead because it was a Nissan Pulsar. And I had to go up over the driver's seat with the headrest and in between a very small gap where the seats were and the roof was honestly i'm like mentally trying to picture you getting out the back window and i'm like how the like what happened does the seat go back well it's a very on on a nissan pulsar it's a long window that goes back but it's only about 18 inches high so i must have hit a sweet spot where i didn't hit the roof and i didn't hit the back seat and what did have being drunk how did being drunk help you i don't understand well they say that you you're loose and so you don't clench up oh because if i would have bo- seen oh. it coming i would have tightened up and i probably would have broke bones and tore ligaments oh because and, you're just so loose from being drunk yeah and, you were and so you said kinda... he goes, you were he goes if you hadn't been that drunk you probably would have been dead and my response was well if i hadn't been drinking i wouldn't have been out on that road so we wouldn't have got into the accident yeah so it's even and then he goes well i can guess we can check uh having no brain damage here because that's one of the sanest things i've heard someone <laughs> say in your situation so you just walked away basically for the most part yeah after i woke up i was only in the hospital for like another four hours and then my family came they drove two hours to come get me and i probably could have got out sooner had they been closer and did you get a dui for that no that was the thing because i bruised my chest and they released some kind of enzyme in my heart it went off the charts so they didn't he said i don't know if you had one i don't know if you had 20 but i did get i got a a reckless driving citation yeah wow and do you have any like long-term uh like issues from that i have have migraines from that i have like a, a stiff neck um some people say I'm kind of autistic or something, but, but yeah. I don't think I, I mean, have if you listen to this show, you probably are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's I mean, dude, that's that's amazing. That's that sounds like a borderline miracle right there. That that sounds like that had like 99 yeah. people do not walk away from that. Well, exactly. And like my sister said, whenever I told her the, the last word I said before the accident was I said, jesus and i didn't mean it in a religious way i was like like almost like saying holy shit but uh it felt like i got yanked out and she says maybe you were and i was like don't say that because that's a scary thought 
yeah. don't want to have that kind of responsibility. And your friend was totally fine too. He got a crinkle, like a Charlie Brown shirt, crinkle scar on his forehead from where he was. He was reclined the whole way back. He got thrown forward. He smacked his head off the visor, and that cut his forehead. And then he got some um, muscle spasms in his middle of his back, all because he jumped out of the car to help me. Had he laid there, he probably would have been fine if they could have got him onto a, uh, you know, right. the backboard and all that. But wow. yeah, him, him, he was an EMT, and he, that was his instinct. He kicked in, and he's like, "My name's RJ. I'm an EMT who needs assistance." And everybody turned around because they didn't even know that there was anybody in what was left of a car that was right there on the side of the road. And it's it it's was, honestly all I could think of is how like just flimsy life is, I guess, not to get all yeah. existential about it, because like y you hear about it like all the time where someone is like in a minor accident and they just like bop something and like die. And you're like, nobody's like they, they didn't nothing even happened and they died. And then you like had this crazy accident. Exactly. Yeah, it was. It wow. was. It was a sobering effect. I couldn't ride in a car if it was rainy, probably for about three months after that, and I couldn't drive for about six months because I would have some anxiety. Damn. Well, uh, congratulations, I guess. And uh, yeah. Damn. Oh, a... One. One last thing. Yes. About, remember, I was saying how I was overlooking the thing after I came conscious. The nurse walked in. They, they call him the flight nurse for the helicopter. And they came to give me, it, it's a joke. I said, I almost died, and all I got was this $15,000 shirt. Yeah. Because they came in to give you a life flight shirt. And I was like, oh, hi, Cindy. And I freaked her out, and she was like, how, how do you know my name? I was like, oh, you were on my, my flight for the helicopter. And she was like, you were not conscious for most of it, and you were clinically dead for half of it. There's no way you could know my name. I was like, oh, I saw it on your tag when I was looking down on myself. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. Yep. Damn, that's some wild shit. All right, well, I appreciate you. What was your name again? Uh, Zen Rider, you can Zen, call me. Zen Rider. Oh, dude, thanks yeah. for I'm, I came over from ROTC, you guys. Oh, okay. Good yeah, Mike. Hell yeah, the ROTC boys love them. Um, Thanks, man. That, dude, that was a great story. Right. And uh, yeah, take care. Yep, have a good one. Wild shit right there. Uh, shout out to Jolly Killer 83 for gifted the membership that is crazy guys don't don't drive drunk uh but if you do make sure it's in a nissan pulsar hello thanks for calling low value mail hey there danny this is orion what's up orion how you doing man pretty good man how are you i'm pretty good that was a wild story that last guy oh yeah i got something similar i thought i didn't have anything but then i heard him talk about that and I remembered. So and then you remember the time that you almost died? Yeah. Well, I don't remember it. I wasn't uh, sentient yet. Um, when I was 13 weeks old, I was at a babysitter's house. And her four-year-old nephew hit me in the head with an aluminum bat Oof. and cracked my skull. Oof. That's... I was in the hospital for a night. What? Nothing else happened. No That's... brain bleeding, but like no, wild. But and there was didn't, didn't damage your skull in any way. Uh, my skull was fractured. It was uh, fractured. My mom said it looked like I had the swelling. Looked like I had a can of soda off of my head. Yeah. How much swelling there Oof. was? 
yeah damn, yeah that's uh yeah that's that's one of those things where i feel like it's so scary having i don't have any kids or anything but it f- seems scary because just like it seems like just like any of this shit could happen at any point oh my god yeah yeah the the thing that it, it makes me wonder because i've i've got a lot of you know the brain problems but you do because I, of I what won- you think as a result of this well, I don't know because I mean I have Tourette syndrome, which is hereditary. Okay. Um, but I have it far worse than my dad and his dad do. Interesting. Um, I have bipolar disorder, uh, all kinds of shit. I I wonder how how much of it was either caused or magnified by that. Interesting. Curious, off kind of off topic, but have you ever watched mm-hmm. the on HBO the Nexium documentary about uh, Keith Raniere? Or do you know who that is? Nexium. No, I haven't. Nexium. It was like that cult, and then uh, uh-huh. it was like he starved all the women and like branded them and stuff. I guess he didn't starve them. I actually know kind of one of, one of them. I'm trying to have her call into the show, but the if you watch season two, this guy had like the most terrible Tourette's, and he cured oh. him. Like completely of Tourette's. Yeah, like completely. The guy had like the worst Tourette's. Go watch season two of, it's called The Vow. Um, the Vow. It's okay. called The Vow. Oh, yeah. and the, or, or you could Google it, but I'm just curious if you mm-hmm. ever like, because I'm, I'm sure someone with Tourette's has probably looked into treatments for Tourette's. And the, this well, guy, might... by all accounts, is like, yeah, he completely cured me. And another woman said the same thing too. Now there's, there's a, like varying levels of it. I know everybody could like conflates it with the swearing thing the coprolalia. Yeah, it's like twit like but, ticks and stuff, right? Yeah. Um but like it it really unless you have it really, really, really bad, it basically goes away by adulthood. Oh, okay. Except when like you're stressed or something. Interesting. Um so yours is gone but, or mostly gone? It's not like gone, but it's or you're, you're it's able to not like you it. don't hear me doing vocal ticks right now right. that much. Right. Um, I didn't know. And if I were that. like, I don't know if I'd been like stressed or anything, it would be worse. Right. Generally. But there's, there's all kinds of medications for it um, that work very well. Okay. Yeah. I believe this guy so, had tried all the medications and like none of them worked. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then he's just like, some people, they got it bad. Yeah, he had it um, really bad. Like you watch and you're like, this is really like hard, hard to like go on about regular life bad kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, well, this thanks, guy, Danny. Yeah, this guy cured him. Anyway, oh, well, well, I'm sorry, you were, you were going. I, oh, I, was I was just saying, and then the guy the guy cured him, but then so now this guy's defending this guy who's like in jail for 125 years or something for like sex trafficking. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Okay. Um, all right. Anyway, thanks, thanks for calling in. Oops, hung up on him a little early. Uh, yeah. Yeah, check it out. I'm, I'm trying to. I was talking to her uh, today, uh, Nikki Klein, I'm trying to get her to call into the show. Hello, thanks for calling Low Value Mail. Hey, well, uh, James from Tucson. James from Tucson, how you doing? Hey, well, uh, yeah, actually, oddly enough, James from Tucson, because uh, my my brother's the one you were talking to, so he forgot oh. to mention that I'm basically fucking immortal because I hang out next to this dude. Because <laughs> yesterday he's hanging out with my dog outside in the morning. Okay. And we got like uh, four backyards, like right where they meet, right. So it's not like in the middle of the desert, but you know we're close enough. Oh, and yeah. uh, my dog starts fucking around. There's little rabbits out there, whatever. And my brother thinks the dog's messing with a rabbit. And then 
he was like, oh shit, right? So like it was like a big cat, right? Like uh, mountain lion, some shit, ocelot, something out here, right? Yeah, those are those are common out there. Uh, not like super common, but they're around. You know what I'm saying? Um, not common enough that you expect it in your backyard. Right. Uh, but uh, so my brother like loves the dog. You know what I'm saying? So he fucking doesn't even think twice, runs at this fucking thing, right? So the thing, he, he fucking was hunting my dog, basically. Damn. And it fucking thought twice because he sees my brother running at him. The dog is tiny, but it's, you know, a dick. So it's running at this cat, too. So it just jumped over the fucking fence into my neighbor's backyard. They got two little kids. So it's like, and it just fucking bolts, right? Do do they ever? Do and, those cats ever attack people? Oh hell yeah! Uh, well, you if you turn your back on them, like uh, it's the same basic rule as like a black bear, you right. know, small bears. Yeah, is uh, you you make yourself loud and big as you can, and then just don't break eye contact. It's like a regular cat, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, you ever yeah. met a cat that's a real dick? Every one of them. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like that, except for it can fucking kill. It'll take a slice out of you. Wow. So, uh, but so yeah, that's uh, and I was like, you called in for that one. You didn't even mention that shit. So I just figured I'd call too. You avoided a cat murder. A murder. Yeah, no cat. shit. But this okay. So it happens so often. He's got so many near death experiences. I walk out. I wake up, and he's like, "Hey, man, there was an ocelot outside." And I said, "Oh shit, are you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah." I was like, "The dog's okay." And he's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna go back to sleep for about another hour." <laughs> right. Yeah. And like I got back up and I was like, Did I dream that or did you say there's a fucking ocelot outside? Yeah. He's like, Oh, it was big as shit. Yeah, I've never I don't know what the fuck does an ocelot even look like? Just a giant cat? Oh, it's yeah. like oh, uh, dude, that thing. They're not that big actually. No, but they're like but the uh, well that's what I, he's like, I don't know if that's what I'm saying. He's like, I don't know if it was an ocelot and I was like, it might have just been a bobcat. Whatever it was, it's like uh That looks badass though. I would love to. Yeah, and there's some crazy shit around here. But like I said, it's, you know, uh, kind of like a medium size. Think about like a, like a medium dog or like yeah. a coyote or some shit. About that size. I see a video right now called Ocelot Attack that we're going to, I'm going to uh, pin that. We're going to go watch that in the uh, Patreon after show. Someone right on, yeah. Someone getting yeah. attacked by an ocelot. All right, thanks for calling me, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then, oh. like I said, he ran right at that shit. Like it was nothing. So it's like some of his near-death experiences are like, you know, the yeah, you're, you're kind of like asking for it. Crazy shit, but that was like <laughs> that one. I mean, I respect you, but I got I got a machete by the back door now. Yeah, I mean, probably should. I, I've never lived anywhere that there was any sort of like animal predators in any way. Oh yeah, I've killed a couple of rattlesnakes. Man, there's all kinds of shit. Like, out I here. live in New York City. The only predators here are human. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I well, I don't know. I've heard some crazy shit. Uh, you guys got some crazy fucking rats, man. Rats, yeah, but rats, I've never seen a rat or heard of a rat attacking a person. And they're really comfortable with people here, like insanely comfortable. Like, I don't even exaggerate when I say, like, sometimes I've been really late at night going down the stairs in the subway, and a rat is just walking up the stairs. Like, it's just like a person <laughs> in the subway. Like, like it's, it's a like, cartoon or something. It's, no, it's just like legit. The rat's just like going up the stairs, and I'm going down the stairs. Like, we're just like uh, yeah. two people using the subway, except one of Yeah, no shit. Rat. It's like, yeah, like tips, tips, a tiny hat. That's good shit, bro. I mean, not that's that's horrible, but yeah, that's. I funny. mean, dude, anybody who lives in New York, you're like. You, it's just nothing. Either that's you what become I've heard. I've heard it's rats. the rats and the scaffolding. You just get used to it. It becomes second nature. Exactly. But the thing is, the scaffolding is actually low key kind of awesome because the scaffolding. 
oftentimes like sometimes it's rain because it rains a lot here or more than at least you would think and then, oh yeah no shit so huh? the scaffolding a lot everywhere. of times you just have exactly you have ceilings everywhere and it's like i don't give a shit that there's scaffolding and like I, I, as long as you don't live i guess it's the people who live in the buildings get bothered by it but if you can't handle the rats you cannot live here because they are i had no idea like when I nobody told me about the rats here. That's what they say. It's actually uh, they they call it uh, the worst kept secret in New York City. It's, is it's, nobody wants to talk about it because they're like, oh, I love New York. I live in New York. All this, but it's like, yeah, there's fucked on rats. Like when I leave here tonight, I will see multiple rats in my like three minute walk to the subway station. After, after see now that see that to see nature is a crazy thing, man. Because like I can't tell you the last time I saw a rat. And there's no fucking way you guys are ever going to see an ocelot in downtown New York no, City. but if we could get an ocelot... Then you least... got no more fucking royal... Yeah, oh but then... Oh, my God. But, yeah, that would cause an ocelot. That'd be a massacre. That'd be probably yeah. fucking pretty crazy. There's not a single... Yeah, and, like, there's apparently... I think James Altucher said it. Like, there's some study where apparently at any point in New York City, you're, like, within, like... S- inches of a rat or something like I actually I, yeah i saw i saw that it's like something like i guess it's not true always but it, it, to a degree like definitely I mean, close walking, enough yeah definitely walking around like constantly any pile of trash and there's piles of trash everywhere you just walk by them and you hear like and it's just like full of rats oh no shit yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's good stuff all right thanks for calling I appreciate well, it well enjoy your walk home buddy <laughs> thanks <man. laughs> oh yeah new york city the city of rats by the way, is anybody watching the fucking Golden Globes tonight? I watched the beginning of it, and it was so shitty. It was like, I was like, and then they're like, yeah, we didn't even do one last year. I forgot. I was going to talk about it. I forgot about it. It's so shitty. It's like the shittiest thing in the world. Hello. Hey, Danny. How's it going, What's buddy? What's up, Wallaby? How you doing, pal? Hey, I'm doing all right. I got into my new apartment the day of that, like, that ice storm that froze half the country. Nice. So that's, uh, or was that that was bad? pretty good time. No, it was good timing. Good I timing. got in like right before everything happened. <laughs> but like they didn't uh, like I went to hook up my internet. Yeah. Uh, and um, the jack, like the coax plug on the oh, wall. Oh, I saw that like, in the discord. You were I saw you were yeah. venting about that in the discord that they didn't hook like, it up. Like how the who the fuck does that? No, because Comcast came out here today. They're like, yeah, apparently your apartment, your apartment complex just gutted the whole apartment. So we have to come back out again and like run all new lines from the pole. Do you think it was stolen? Do you think they stole someone stole the the wires? Uh there's the that's copper? not that much money though. That's not that much money for copper. That's only like a few cents for copper. Yeah. I think that, it's that more likely idea. I think it's more likely that it was old coax and rather than the landlord replace it, they just ripped it out and then gave the appearance of the connection. Yeah. That's, that's what I think happens. Stupid. I mean, again, like, what problems does that solve? You just have to deal with it later. Well, it's Section Eight. Oh, that, it's literally sense. a Section Eight apartment. So, oh. I mean, well, that, that, that might make a little more sense. Um, so yeah. Wallaby. I got a couple. You got a couple. All right. I got I got one involves a car and one involves a gun. All right. And I'll let you pick which one I tell first. Gun. Gun. Okay. They've so all been cars was... pretty much so far. Well, you know, and it's interesting because when I worked for Liberty Mutual Insurance like seven years ago, they they like showed us some figures and training and stuff. And basically, in a, it, you're more likely at any time in America to be involved in a vehicle collision than you are to be uh, shot in a war zone. Great. I mean, I believe it. Just yeah, it's. I mean, there's just the amount of cars and stuff. It's crazy. So, but the gun story. I was in the army. 
And uh, I, for like a year and a half, I was my unit armorer. So like I had to check weapons in and out when like people would want to go to the range or like field exercises or stuff. Okay. And I'd like check out the platoon's weapons and like, okay. So in my the check army, out is like, people have to go get the stuff from you. You're like, like, the, cause, yeah. Cause I'm the armor and like my office is the vault where all the weapons are. And it's like, Hey, there's an M16 qualification range today. And these three platoons are going to come and draw their weapons. So, they, so that they can go to the range, yeah. Gotcha. But I mean, I usually knew about it because I'd be going to the range too, unless it was just like you know something piddly that like the that uh, that like the the squad leaders could cover training. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. So so anyway, so th- these kids come back from the, the M16 range, and like in every building in the military, like when you're on a military installation, every building has this big red. Uh, metal barrel on its side filled with sand by the by the front door and it's called a clearing barrel because if you have your weapon you're supposed to go up to it and uh charge it pull the trigger and observe the chamber and and ensure that you don't have a round chamber before you go into like the command center gotcha you know so you just hear people firing off shots into this thing or no because that's the that's the thing is you're not like if you're firing a shot in the clearing it barrel, it's because somebody didn't fucking clear you off the range properly. Right. So because that's like, up. yeah, like basically when you come off the range, they got this big rod, this big metal rod they put down your barrel to like ensure that you don't have a uh, a bullet in there. And they actually call it the same thing when you go to the sit call when you get the clap because they have to like get some medicine on a rod and stick it oh. down your pee hole. <laughs> And they call it getting rotted off the range. All right. <laughs> but anyway, so these kids are coming back from the range, and this kid, apparently nobody cleared him off the range, and no, he didn't fucking go into the clearing barrel, and he's like, I got my weapon right here, and he charged it, and he fired around right past my head. What? And, like, yeah, put into the concrete wall in the arms room. He was a he was an E3. He got busted all the way down to E1. What's an E3? What's E3? Oh, it's, like, rank. Okay. So, like, you start as enlisted, like, E1 private, and so he was E3, a private first class. So he'd been in a little over a year, okay. but they busted him all the way back down. He was on extra duty. I'm surprised they didn't put him out for it. That's crazy. But, uh, I just, like, I just like hit how, the deck. How and, like, often was something like that happen? Like, that must be a rare occurrence. That's uh, the only time it ever happened to me in sharing stories with other armors. They, I hadn't had any other similar story told. I'm sure that it has happened before, though, but not very often. Because as soon as it happened, like, I hit the deck. Like, the guy's NCOs were getting his weapon out of his hands and putting him against the wall. You know, like, it was, like, everybody was like, yo, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, generally, they're not expecting to hear gunfire. Sorry, how did the gun go off? He had a bullet in there. But, like, how did it it actually, like, uh, Oh, this, this was the other stupid part because, like, he was like, I got my gun right here. And then he like pulled it up to point it at me and then like charged it and pulled the trigger right next to my head. So he was already being stupid. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Okay. And so it's just like he literally pulled the trigger. Yeah. Cause he just, he like, I'm standing there and I'm looking at him and he pulls up the weapon and like points it like off to the left side of my head. And he's like, I got my weapon right here. And he said my name. And then he charged the weapon, like he pulled the charging lever back, so it charged the bolt, and then he pulled the trigger. That's he's, like he's just being stupid all the way around. Yeah, isn't it like the, the number one rule of guns is just like you never point a gun at anybody, regardless of if it's yeah or not. 
Yeah. But I was also a prick armor. Like I would I would make you go clean your weapon if there's any dirt in it whatsoever. And they're like, Oh, I don't oh I spent an hour cleaning it. Like, well, you didn't do a good job. So it's like I don't fucking care. I'm just gonna go back to my room and play computer games, buddy. I can sit here all night waiting for you to clean your weapon. It doesn't make a difference to me. Bit of a hardo, if you will. Okay, and what's the car one? So the car one was when I was in high school. This would have been like maybe oh three. There was this big uh tornado that like ripped through uh my hometown like as as we were leaving band practice, I was in this metal band and we practiced out at uh, like in the middle of the country, basically. And we're coming back home and it doesn't look that bad when we're leaving. It just looks like it's raining a little bit and there's some wind blowing, but like in a matter of like five minutes, we get down the road, there's like trees being uprooted, like out of the ground and tossed around. Like you could look it up. It was like 2003 in Vigo County, Indiana. Uh, and like, we're, we're driving down the road and we're watching these trees get ripped out of the car. And, uh, we, uh, I I'm screaming at my buddy, Alan, cause there's trees everywhere. And then like this trunk gets thrown at us and like smashes in my buddy. It was like a 97 GMC Jimmy. He was driving. Yeah. I like those cars. Oh yeah. Well, his got totaled out cause this, this tree came into it and I'm not kidding. Like I was afraid to look over at him driving cause I thought that like he was going to have a tree in his face, Right. but it was like, it was like an inch from his face. What? Um, yeah. And then like we went, came through the like, windshield. Yeah. Cause it like, it came like long ways, like a log and like smashed long ways, like across. Yeah. And like, but his, but like it was about eight inches from me, but like it actually came in the windshield on his side. Okay. Um, but then the rhythm guitarist was behind us and we got in his car and then he starts backing up. Like we're going to turn around somehow. We're not really thinking, (laughs) but as he backs up, he hits a tree that's already in the road. And then we're seeing all this chaos go on. And we're literally like, you know, we're just a metal band of high school kids. Yeah. And we're just like, fuck it. This is it. (laughs) <laughs> like me and me and Rob, we take out our pipes. We're like, fuck, we're out of weed. We can't even have another burn before we die, <laughs> you know, and then it just stops. And then it just stops. And then it just stops. And then in the distance, about 10 minutes later, you start hearing like chainsaws fire up because this is out in like rural Indiana. So it's like, well, it's not getting done unless the people out here do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we went, we were home like four hours later. Damn. Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Pretty much they're all just cars. Cars are fucking mobile death traps. I'm surprised there haven't been more gun calls. Like I yeah. expected it to be call or lots of like car calls. But I'm surprised there's not more people like. Well, because the people that listen to this show are responsible gun owners. No, I don't know. Maybe. Let's hope so. Yeah, maybe we'll have some. I don't know. Um, all right, Wallaby. <laughs> nice talking to you, buddy. See you, buddy. It's Wallaby, everybody. Uh, check out uh, Nameless Wallaby on YouTube. Make some good tunes he does uh phone lines are open six four six seven ten zero nine four nine i want to hear your stories of the scariest thing that's ever happened to you slash your near-death experiences um hopefully we'll have some some good ones i guess i oh we gotta call this because Pop into the old low value mailbox. What's ever happened to you? Oh. Slash. 
Hello? Hello. Hey. hey, what's up? Hey, what's going on, man? This is uh, Lemon Stealing Hors d'oeuvres. Lemon, lemon Stealing Hors d'oeuvres? That's right. All right. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. So, what, what are you calling in about? You got a scariest moment or near-death experience or both? Uh, yeah, near-death experience. I uh, had a couple of them. I worked this uh, warehouse job a few years ago. It was uh, pretty crazy. We were like pirates. Why were you like pirates? Uh, it was a crazy scene. We were like doing scrap metal recovery from cell phone operators and uh, TDMA equipment. Okay. But uh, they put me on a forklift, and I had no certification. First day I was there, and I was moving a fire suppression system, like the giant tank. Yeah. And it was just like Jaws. I dropped the thing off the forklift, and it came right by me, screamed through a wall. Insanity. What What did? Sorry. What? Uh, it's like a giant fire extinguisher. Like oh, a okay. Uh, you're saying like the whatever like shot out of it went right by your head? Yeah, yeah, and I'm. It was like as big as you standing up. Like it was very large. Crazy. And, and uh, then did they still let you work the forklift after that? Oh yeah, yeah. I was in charge of it. <laughs> did you get like? Would you get in trouble, or they were like sometimes that happens? I like they were. Yeah, I mean, I I don't even remember what their reaction was. I was just shitting myself, scared. All right. Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds frightening. And then, uh, yeah, I almost uh, killed one of my employees because he wanted to surf on the front of the forklift. That was just a bad idea altogether. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's no... I, I will say it's like it must suck so badly when it's happening to you, but those videos you see where someone's like a forklift operator in a giant warehouse and then they like something... And then like a whole thing falls over. Yes. Like, you know, like they're like... That was like 500 pallets of like bottles of beer or something. Oh, and you're like, oh, yeah. You, you know, something just like that happened. You know, those cartoons where they're standing up and like a wall falls and they're right in the window. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that happened to me on the forklift too. Like um, somebody else was moving it up for me and I was standing next to like a giant cabinet that had uh, like a big server and a rack in it and uh, the cabinet went right over me. I went right through it and I don't even know how I fit. Like what? it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. It was shit. a crazy job. Yeah. Now it'll kill. Do you, you think? A hundred percent. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. It seems like you're uh that whatever place you worked at probably needs some like safety training. Maybe. Uh, yeah. We got in trouble with OSHA a few times. Yeah. It seems like yep. you should have. Yeah. Yeah. Um... yeah very. Right. So. <laughs> Anything else? Those, I mean, I'm sorry? I, I said, do you have any others or uh, just the, those two? Um, you know, I've been held up a couple times at gunpoint. and You've been held up a couple them. times at gunpoint? Yeah, yeah. What, I, uh, how, how did that shake out? I used to run a smoke shop, and uh, which, a head shop, depending on where you're at. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there was just scared kids came in. You know, they wanted whatever and... Just gave them the money like it was never more than a couple hundred bucks in the drawer. They'd come in on weekdays and right. They just, and, just but they would have guns. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just I'd just go real slow and like uh, you know I'd comply but not be annoyed like annoy them. And I mean, I carry, but yeah, it's not. I'm not going to get in a gunfight. Yeah, I mean, I just saw. I don't know. Did you see that video from Houston? like a few days ago where uh, oh yeah the guy he put like six extra in him that was kind of crazy apparently he's like getting in some shit for it too like so if people don't know you could check it out but like i guess someone it's like a 
like some food place or whatever, some fast food place. Some guy walks in and he starts robbing everybody. And then as he's walking out, this guy just pulls a gun, shoots him in the back a few times, then walks over to him, shoots him again. And then I believe grabs his gun and then shoots him again after, yeah. he, after he took his gun from him. And you're like, this guy's like dead. But I guess yeah, like, I, I, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know how the law works. Like, is it? Is it that like it, obviously it must be some sort of crime to shoot a dead body? But I guess can you prove that they're already dead? But then also, he, why are you shooting a dead body? Yeah, once you take the gun away, he's no longer armed, and that's when the trouble comes up because he no longer poses a threat. So there's no reason. to Yeah, shoot and him. he like I mean I mean I mean I'm, I can't imagine how crazy of a situation that would be to get in. Like I don't know, like armchair quarterback this thing, but I've, he had the sense to go grab the guy's gun. But then yeah, he still but... fired on him afterwards. I don't know. It was uh, it was an odd one. Um, all right, cool. Well, I'm glad you are alive. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, pretty nice to be alive. Yeah, pretty yeah. decent. Yeah, pretty sick. Pretty sick. All right, alive. thanks, man. Have a great one. First. Take care. You heard it here first. It is awesome being alive. Uh, hit that like button, everybody. Thirty more. Thirty-one more likes. I will give away another channel membership. Be a scrote. And of course, uh, if you want to support the show, join us in the Patreon after show. It'll be entirely flimmits. Hello. Hi. Am I on? Yes, you are on. Who am I speaking with? <laughs> uh, I will remain nameless. Okay. It's really hard to hear you. It sounds like I don't know where the hell you're calling from, but it is... Sounds like you're calling from space. Uh, I can hear you, yeah. It doesn't sound great. I don't know if you're on like a headset or something. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, generally, I don't know why. Headset quality is not good. Was that better? Yeah, way better, way better. Um, Okay, so... Okay, so I have a few um, scariest things that happened to me. I mean, Combo, have you ever heard of Combo at the Frog Medicine? Combo at the Frog Medicine? Yeah, it's like a frog poison, actually. They just, they burn holes in your skin, and then they put, like, a frog poison in your skin. Who, and, who um, does that? It's supposed to... <laughs> oh, shamans, I guess, in the Amazon. Oh, shamans put frog poison in your skin for... And this happened to you? Yeah, well, it didn't... I, I like, paid for it, actually. I, I wanted it. <laughs> oh, like, as, <laughs> because, like, a psychedelic uh, experience or something? No, that's what's so funny about it, because the combo is like the psychedelic experience without any psychedelic. It's like the shitting your guts out and puking your brains out. Why? Experience without any psychedelic. You did it in the Amazon? I don't know. Or where did you do it? Yeah. Uh, well, okay, so I did it a few, actually, I've done it eight times. And Can you spell this it for It is me? really terrifying. Uh, K-A-M-B-O. K A M B O combo K A frog detox. Okay. Yeah, basically. All right. Okay. We're going to look into this on the after show as well. Um, okay. So you went to the Amazon. Yeah, I went to the Amazon, uh, lots of scary stuff there actually, but, um, yeah. So Kembo, it's like, so they burn, they take like a stick, they burn like holes in your skin and then they remove the first layer of skin. And then they scratch off like a stick with frog poison on it. I'm not sure of the entire process, but they put this little bit of gooey thing like inside your skin and 
your lymphatic system immediately detects the poison and it just tries to like completely fight it off. And so your whole face gets, well, it depends actually different people react differently and you will also react differently depending on the, you know, how much crap is in your system apparently. And why do you do this? Well, I just dealt with a lot of problems, like health problems, and I wanted to. Okay, get so rid it's, of them. but that's what I'm so, saying. So it's, yeah. it's some sort of health uh, cure. It's like some sort of catch all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but also people do Did it for it like an emotional kind of thing, too. It really helped a lot, yeah, but I needed to keep doing it. And, um, and you, know, you have to like, keep going. They, call like, it, they actually call it the vaccine. They call it the vaccine of the Amazon. The vaccine? Because uh, lots of, like, yeah. And so what do you go because, to, like, uh, Brazil? Yeah. Uh, I was in Ecuador. In Ecuador, okay. I, I didn't know yeah. Amazon where it starts and stops. Okay, so you go to Ecuador. They burn holes in your skin, put this frog detox <laughs> thing, poison in there. Um, yeah. And you've done it eight times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually the most terrifying experience of your life. It's like the most sick you'll ever feel, and you just... You don't even know what to do with yourself because it really feels like you're about to die. How long um, is this? Because this sounds like ayahuasca, except for like none of the fun parts. Yeah. And how long? Uh, how, how long, long does it, it depends. last? Yeah. For me, it, it depended. Like usually, like around thirty minutes to like an hour of feeling so sick, I just didn't even know if I was going to make it through. Like my throat started closing in also, and. Um, has anybody yeah, you just died? Feel like your heart pumping in your veins. Actually, I think some people have died. Why? It, yeah. <laughs> why can't you just eat the frog? Or will that really kill you? Uh, well, lick the frog. I guess I don't know. Well, if you lick uh, the frog, you'll hallucinate know. or no? Mm-hmm. Or is that also you're going to get sick? Well, you know, Bufo Bufo would be the one that you would hallucinate. Okay. Bufo is you, the other frog medicine poison, whatever. That's that's you the are really. One. I never tried that one knowledgeable about frogs <laughs> that will kill you i guess yeah that's and uh, so and do you do it with like a shaman or something like how does this yeah they, they do like ceremonies all the time like i think that they also do the combo thing like as a vaccine and also they do it like i think they do it for hunters before a hunt or something so they can um be more like in tune with the forest and in tune with their body or something like that. What? So how did you, so you had some health <laughs> issues and then you were just like kind of looking into alternative options. <laughs> yeah. I guess I just go for the most extreme thing. I don't know. I, I, I mean, you have to like, go to Ecuador. To it's pretty extreme. <laughs> like even if, all things like even removing the frog stuff, you still went to Ecuador or were you in Ecuador for like yeah. a vacation and then you heard about this? Uh, I wanted to go there to live there. I wanted to like explore and just see all the different things for trees. And yeah, there's a lot of snakes. I was also like, there's many times where I just wake up and there'd be like a humongous snake, just like in like the bathroom or like um, times I was sleeping there, there's scorpions everywhere, just literally around my head and stuff. And uh, bullet, I got bit by a bullet hand as well. And a what? A uh, bullet hand? Yeah. A, bu- a bullet ant. Oh, a bullet. So another ant. thing is, um, there's another a practice. I don't know which group does this in the Amazon, but 
there's like a coming of age thing where they put, they like fill these gloves basically with a bunch of really painful ants. Like the bullet ant is the most, apparently they say it's the most painful bite you could ever have of anything. It's harmless, but it's, it's very, very painful. It feels like a bullet apparently. And okay. so like a coming of age thing is that they put all these ants inside of gloves I'm looking and at like it right here. Smith- kids or something. Yeah, Smithsonian mag. When becoming a man means sticking your hand into a glove full of ants. All right. <laughs> well, this is this is what we're going to be investigating on the after show. That's for sure. This is going to be a very animal okay. <laughs> animal centric show. We got frogs. We got ocelots. Bullet ants. This man this is wild. So, and would you do it again? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So it's like honestly, the afterglow is actually really amazing because you like because you face death in such a raw way, and it's you're like you're facing your mortality. Um, I think that it really is like a great experience if if you're not like too scared of it, because like afterward, you just like so many things become more real to you, or like you know things that didn't matter before, you just let them go, and there's just a, this whole body feeling of like like you just survived death kind of sure but you did it to yourself i'm like serotonin i don't know but like can you do that many other ways oh yeah you could you could administer it to yourself yeah yeah crazy okay well uh um that (laughs) that is a that's an interesting one i I appreciate you uh calling in with that okay thank you all right take care Bye. bye all right well that's uh yeah I <laughs> fucking frog poison. Just a little bit of frog poison for you. I uh yeah, this is here we go. There's there's all these YouTube videos, so we're definitely gonna watch it um on the after show. Wearing a glove of venomous ants. That seems like child abuse. But I guess if you're in the Amazon, there is no such thing. Hello. Hey Danny, what's going on, man? What is happening? This is Charlie. How you doing? Good, Charlie. How are you? Good. I got a couple story. I got some stories for you. Okay. Um, a, f- a few involving a car, one involving a plane. Okay. So, <clears throat> six years ago, I was driving. I had dropped my uh, <clears throat> brother-in-law off at his parents' house. It was five thirty in the morning, and I was going to work. And um. I was driving down the road and we had those flashing red lights, you know, where you're supposed to stop. Yeah. I had the flashing yellow, so I went through, but the lady drove through the flashing red, driving a, uh, a van, big van, T-bone mate, the car spun around, all the airbags went off, hit me in the neck. So I was like, that I broke my neck right off the bat. You thought, you thought you had broken your neck? Well, at first, yeah. I mean, it, okay. it was like it was a pretty bad shock to the neck. I thought yeah. I broke my. And then I just got out of the car, walked around, and uh, I called the I called nine one one and everything. And I realized that if I was walking around and everything, I obviously I was all right. And Can't my you neck be in shock though? I could have been in shock, yeah. But I went. I mean, I went to the hospital afterwards and um, got all the tests and everything. And all I had was really mild whiplash, but it was pretty lucky. Okay. And actually, everybody. All the pictures of the the crash said that it was like I mean they couldn't believe that it you know it wasn't worse because when the airbags go off it was obviously hit my my car was totaled yeah what happens with that kind of thing too do you like did you sue her 
No, I didn't sue her. I got, I did get an attorney, but we wound up just settling for out of court. You know, I would just, I just basically got, you know, the minimal, I didn't like really want to go through all that stuff. You know, I don't, I don't really do somebody unless I absolutely have to. And I really wasn't hurt bad. Yeah. Yeah. I figure you can replace automobiles and everything, but like, I mean, yes, I just don't even want to go through any of that if I don't have to. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, America, that's the one thing where since I moved here and like people are, I was, I remember I was walking somewhere in Williamsburg in Brooklyn and like uh, tile, like on the street, like popped up and like, I can't remember, like kind of my foot got stuck and they're like, you should sue the city. I'm like, is that just every solution is just (laughs) always just lost? Well, I think. Well, I think like yeah, litigation has like kind of ruined everything because like everybody's just afraid of being sued for everything now. So yeah, and everybody <laughs> sues for everything. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I think lawyers are to blame too, sort of, because like their the lawyer will take any kind of a case. You know, you can find a lawyer to take anything, pretty much. That's that's a good point. Yeah. But, um. All right. So, so what was the? There's another car. So I, got, I got another Toyota Corolla. <laughs> a different color but it was another toyota corolla and i started and like the last couple of years i started driving for doordash and um uber okay and uh this past year 2022 i got in two accidents the first accident i was delivering food for doordash and the guy was behind me and at, when i was making a left into the uh the place i was delivering to he's he's spun out of the other lane and tried to pass me while i was making the left and did sideswipe me so that didn't do much you know i there was barely any <clears throat> anything there that happened i mean i got you know some damage but nothing crazy happened but then yeah. a girl almost was like ready to kill me because i was like an out two hours late with their food that was really that was, <laughs> that was the near-death experience was the person who was waiting for her food but the worst the, the worst the worst one was this past october i got hit by a drunk driver oh shit <clears throat> and in the same car that i just got back after it was fixed and the car's fucking cursed <laughs> I had just got it back like t- like maybe two weeks, and then I was sitting at a red light, and then this lady, this crazy lady, she was 65 years old, 145 in the afternoon, drunk, and she crashed into the back of my car 45 miles an hour and pushed me through the light into the middle of the intersection. I had to get out of the car, run out of the intersection because I was scared of getting hit by another car. Damn. That's like one and- of the scariest things, too, because you're like, that. you can't even be defensive about that. Like, no, you, I know. When you get rammed from behind, like there's really yeah. nothing you could have done there. Well, I saw her racing towards me, but in the past, I guess, yeah, if, I guess you're looking stopped, at the mirror, and I figured she would slam on the brakes and stop, and at the last minute, like yeah. everybody else, she didn't do it. And then, of course, when the cop got there, he told me there was nothing I could have done. He's just like, "There's just nothing you could have done." Yeah, I mean, you would have had to really been, I guess, if you, yeah, you would have to been so on the ball to just be like looking in your rearview mirror and then just be like, "Oh, oh yeah, she's moving too oh, fast. I, I should get out of the way here." You even do that you know yeah like, exactly you're like that like 99 times out of 100 that person does stop and you just like look like a fucking idiot and um i didn't sue her either but she was drunk she was crazy too she like cussed out all the emts on the and the firemen they're like can we help you she's like get the fuck out of my face like she was like cussing them all out and everything crazy and she was she got a dui she was crazy though but um i'm starting to believe that i don't think that god wants me to drive a toyota corolla yeah yeah, you should be driving an American car. Well, I have a Toyota Tacoma now. So well, it's a little, it's bit, a little bigger. At least that's... But it's still the same. You know. What's that? It's still the same. It's a little Toyota, but at least it's a bigger truck. Yeah, at least it's a bigger truck instead of a Corolla. I feel like it'll probably withstand some damage more. But you're a Toyota loyalist. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they, they, 
<laughs> I should do a commercial for them. But I mean, they they really do. I mean, they last a long time. You know. I know. I, well, I used to have a Honda. The Japanese cars are good. I mean, the guy at the beginning of the show who got in the crazy accident where he got thrown out of the Nissan. Seems yeah, like, seems was, like he just cannot die in a Japanese car. Yeah, I'm starting to think like when he mentioned. Uh, um, uh, what's the name of those movies? Final Destination. Like, yeah. I, I think like that was kind of like the, what was going on there because it was like three times in like the span of six years. Right. The other one I was talking about was a when I was sixteen. I was on a I went to a plane. I went to an outward bound course in Portland, Maine. Okay. When I was on my way back from the course, what's a, what's outward bound I, exactly? Outward bound. It's like a uh, you go like rock climbing, mountain climbing, sailing, all that stuff. Okay, just like an adventure kind of. Yeah, yeah. I went for like. It was pretty fun. It was a fun thing. And um, it was like maybe <clears throat> three years before 9-11 or whatever. But when I was flying back to Orlando, this lady, I was, remember being on the flight and I was talking to somebody next to me. And this lady got really, it was like just being really belligerent and crazy, like in, in, towards the front of the plane. And I, I couldn't hear anything that she was talking about. I couldn't hear anything really that she was saying, but she was giving the flight attendants like a hard time. And she almost got like physical with a couple of them. And the flight was was bad the whole flight back was bad there was tons of turbulence you know there was real bad weather and everything and then when i finally we finally landed the guy i the guy i was talking to like when we got off the plane like said that she was like she told one of the flight attendants that she had a bomb what <laughs> yeah and she got arrested like as soon as we landed she got arrested i hope so but she obviously yeah. did not have a bomb uh, pro- no she was out of her mind she was just having some sort of but mental episode she could have been drunk or something. <laughs> Who knows? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, not that she could have done anything, but that was kind of a scary thing. If I had known that she said that while I was in the air, I probably would have freaked the hell out. I would have gone full passenger. Was it passenger 57? 50, uh, yeah. Wesley Snipes. Wesley whatever Snipes. I would have fucking kicked <laughs> that bitch off the plane. Um, yeah. all right, cool. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye. Damn, man. Cars are dangerous. Cars are just a dangerous, dangerous thing. Uh, thanks very much, everybody, for hanging out. We got uh, time for a few more calls, so let's hear from you. I know y'all got, let's hopefully they're not all car accidents, but it seems like there's a majority of them. Six four six seven ten zero nine four nine. Hello. Danny, how's it going, man? What is happening? It's Pablo from California. Pablo, how you doing? <clears throat> I'm doing good, man. I'm, do- I'm doing good. So I got a couple of stories. I got uh, I got two non-car related, you know, near-death experiences. Okay. And, the- and a couple of cars. So which one do you want me to start with? Uh, let's go non-car. Okay. So first non-car uh, related story. I almost lost. I almost broke my neck sailing when I was 15. Oh, shit. So I was, uh, I was in ROTC. And they have this uh, summer, uh, this course for you to go to a sail academy, basically, uh, where we learn to sail for for about a week. That sounds fun. And what, what is the it, it, what is the like military component of being able to sail? Uh, I think it's uh, in case like you uh, in case like the ship goes down, something like right, that. Just, I, just, I'm not sure, or maybe or maybe it's just because uh, they did teach us about like. Uh, like not sailing, but like inflatable rafts. Like if you're lost at sea, and you're just in a raft, how to how to maneuver in the ocean? Right, right. They yeah, did yeah. teach us that. Yeah, I guess but, you know uh, just how to work, sure. Yeah, and it might just be like um like heritage stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, so either way, uh, towards the end of the course, like on the last couple of days, they have us do uh, uh do races basically to test every uh, all of our knowledge that we learned over the over the the course. 
And on the last day, uh, while we were sailing, there's this maneuver where we turn the ship basically 180 degrees and do a full, you know, a full a, a full turn. Yeah. And they always say, "Hey, just make sure that while you're, whoever's sitting in these in these specific yeah, spots, I, you make sure that you the sail that you, swings across, right? Yeah, the sail swings across, and they had warned me. And for whatever reason, I looked up and I saw it in front of my face and ducked at the last second. And the instructor did, there was like, wow, man, you got you to make sure you keep your head down. I go, wow, you're right, man. I could have you know, my head open. He goes, oh, no, if you did that, you could have broken your neck. Uh, and, you know, just all the blood drains from my body. Oh. Well, yeah, lesson learned. Yeah, yeah. Never never look up again. Yeah. Um, that was right. the first one. Second one uh, was, I want to say, about a year and a half ago. Um, at my old job. So I used to work, uh, making pre well filters. So the filter that not, not for the pump, but a filter that's part of the well itself. So, so the, the, the pump goes inside the well and there's like a metal casing around the well just to make sure it doesn't collapse in on itself. Yeah. We made the filter on that. And that was the most dangerous job that I worked at because oh, I thought you were gonna say just... you got stuck in the well like one of those kids from like, no. a TV show. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I worked in the factory at just just making them. But the factory is dangerous because we're working with all like we're working with raw steel, right? So if we need to make a filter, we need wire, and the wire comes in bundles that are four thousand, five thousand pounds, something, yeah. something like that. So when you move stuff around like that, the chances of, you know, people people at that job regularly broke fingers, regularly broke toes, even with steel-toed boots. Wow. Uh, there was there was a guy there that uh, that un, that cut open the bundle the wrong way and the wire shot through his mouth and came out through his cheek. And so my first week working there, I'm still I'm still training for the job and they just say, "Hey man, once you have the machine set, you're basically like good to go. You can just let the machine run. You only have to make sure that the wire doesn't get tangled and then they like get pulled into the machine." Uh so I was just watching it. The I was working with wire that was 3 quarters of an inch thick. Yeah, something like that. Gigantic wire. That's huge. And yeah. I, and yeah, yeah. And so it's just on a coil, just spinning around, being pulled into this machine. And I saw that it wasn't going in just right. It wasn't like a, like a huge problem that I had to stop the machine. So I just went to go adjust it real quick. When I went to adjust it, it the wire caught my finger, and I just started getting pulled into the machine. And I thought, this is it. It's gonna rip my arm off. But I was wearing gloves, and so as I was pulling to try, like desperately try to get out, my hand slipped out of the glove, and I just had this uh, wild like indent on my finger. So and did thought, it get oh, caught this... on the glove, or it got caught like? It got caught on my hand, but my but I managed to pull my hand out because of the glove. Okay, damn. So at that moment, I immediately realized, oh, I have to, I have to get another job. I can't stay here. Yeah, you're like this is just <clears> a matter of time before I get killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, like, a week after that, I broke a finger. And then two weeks after that, I broke a toe because uh, uh, somebody dropped a bundle of wire on my foot. So Wow. Yeah, yeah. So shit happened all the time. I immediately had to get out of there. And now I work on airplanes, which, you know, not exactly the safest. But I haven't broken anything that, anything yet. Airplanes so. are pretty safe. It is pretty safe. It's just uh, uh, people drop shit. So, you know, if you drop a... You know, three inch socket on your foot, you have a chance of breaking your foot. Right. 
It's, it sounds yeah. like it's just the issue is just you, you keep working in places where people drop stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, you're right. I should yeah, people probably just look at like shit. IT. <laughs> should like look at IT or some shit. Less, you know, I mean, some probably knowing from the sounds of you, you'll go work in IT and someone will drop like a computer on your foot. And... It sounds like you're just kind of cursed a little bit. Um, all right, yeah. cool. Thanks for calling. In. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, Daddy. Let's take it. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's scary. I would not. That actually reminded me of when I was in high school in my auto shop class, and there was like one of those. I can't remember what it was. It was a. Uh, it was like one of those. Like it was like a not a belt sander. But it, it it was like a wire brush thing, but it like spun around, and then our teacher was like, "Yeah, you gotta watch out." He's like, "Some kid in another school got his fucking finger caught in that shit, and just cleans your finger to the bone." I was like, Ugh. "Hello, hello, Danny. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing okay. I think it's kind of an interesting serendipity that the only other girl I think on this call was talking about Cambo, and I have also done this. No way. You've say. done this Cambo thing? Is this just a chick thing? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Kind of. But you don't have to go to the Amazon to do it. No. I'm in Los Angeles, so there's like all this kind of stuff here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do it. Where do they get the frogs from in Los Angeles? They get the, they get the dots of the poison from either um, Peru there's a group in Peru or Brazil. Oh, okay, so they get they have them shipped in. Well, so a lot of the people who are like new age shamans, whatever, here in America, they typically go down to the Amazon to get their training, and then they make a they make like a contract with the people there that they procure a certain amount every month, and so they yeah, arise. So it's then a they... whole it's a whole like cottage industry of. Frog poison. And then they're on the hook for finding people that they need to get to sign up to get no, poison. I'm surprised it's not a. I mean, I mean, I'm not that surprised, but it's like such a it's such a thing with the entertainment industry. Like, I have always never done, always. Yeah, there there was a producer at one of the um, combo events that I went to. There's always actresses. There's like like kind of a big thing in this world. And There's never been like. Con- Mm-hmm. You don't do a one-on-one. It's you do it like a group. you can do it. You can do it one-on-one, but um, so it sounds like a, a little bit about her story. It sounds like they gave her a lot. Okay, kind of what it sounds like. Because I mean, it can become that way, and it's a little like it becomes a stick measuring competition with how much. I'm not saying she did this. I'm saying like they might have been like, oh, she can take more, and they gave her just like a mass that. Yeah. A person could take his. Yeah, it's like it's. I didn't have like a near death experience from it. I'm, I'm just like for her peace of mind. Like if she wants to, she can do it for less. Did you feel good less. afterwards? Like, you feel phenomenal. So when I first did it, like you, the whole experience is kind of oddly pleasant. Like you feel like glowing, and then when you do start to throw up, it's it's like it feels like a. Like, you know, sometimes when you puke and it just feels good, like, to get it out of you? Yeah. Yeah, it just feels like It's kind of like not, that. It's or not it's like... Just, it's just nice to... Okay. Yeah, you feel like you're getting rid of something you don't need. And, um, yeah, I had... Yeah, it was pretty... I mean, it's a little concerning because you're, you, you obviously flush and your heart rate goes up much higher than it's probably ever been. 
but I've also had cancer. So I've had chemotherapy before. So oh, okay. I'm just kind of like, you know, yeah, probably Yeah, it's not the worst it. thing you've been through. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but I'm not I'm not saying that to put this girl down. I'm I'm assuming they gave her like usually they'll give you three to five. Okay. And I have been in sittings before where someone's like, "Give me eleven. Oh. And that person, like, yeah, that person had a hard time. But you're not, not hallucinating. Was, um, some people I think have a placebo effect a little bit. Okay. Um, but no, you don't really hallucinate. Like sometimes people do say that they like encounter the spirits of their ancestors kind of thing because they kind of took too much and they got close to the edge. But Yeah, it's like more more um, of like a fever hallucination, I guess, like maybe something like probably, that. Probably. Probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um I do have so my scariest story. I don't know if I even should share this because it's like pretty chaotic. But share it. I was high. I was high out of my mind, having a great time being high, riding passenger. Try like sixteen, seventeen person driving the car unfortunately was also high yeah. um but they were in a dark place and we're driving up a hill and it's a red light and this person looks over to me and says are you ready to die oh no and then they floor the car like as fast as they could possibly go up this hill just like like screaming towards the red light and I was like, okay, is this a joke? Is this a joke? And then they weren't stopping. So I started screaming. I was like 16, 17, very yeah. high. Like, oh my God, this isn't funny. And then we, he like, he hit the brakes so hard that we like jolted forward and then looked over at me again and said, I guess you're not ready to meet God yet. This is your friend? This. <laughs> Unfortunately, this is someone, this is my very first boyfriend. Uh, like, it's, uh, it's a whole thing. Yeah, but yeah. that was a whole thing. And that that's, was a, a whole thing. Yeah, that's annoying. That was super fucking creepy, crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. like one of the worst things is when you're in a car with somebody else and they're like driving like a psycho and you're like, there's nothing I can do. And you, you... Yeah, and then like after it wore off, I was like, what was that about? And they're like, what are you talking about? Like the, how do you not know what I'm talking about? You driving towards a red light. What was that about? I'm like, oh, yeah, it was just a joke. Oh, all right. Okay. Not a great joke. I'm gonna distance myself from you. <laughs> Good call. <clears throat> yeah. You're probably still alive. Do you know if this person's still alive? Yes. Yes. Okay. Who cares? Who cares? It's just a story. Like a person who cares. It's just a story at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and do you have any others? Or um, that, that... I have died many. I have almost died many times in my life, but they're not like good like they're not like tellable stories yeah like, yeah, I have they're, cancer they're, and, like, da, 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 da. yeah but anyway yeah that is a. Uh, but i mean it. that is that's a that is a beat time. but it's uh i guess it's not a it's not a moment it's not a momentary thing yeah like the rest of them yeah 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 um cool thank you for calling her appreciate it have a good night absolutely have a great night bye all right so ladies be loving their combo is what it's sounding like uh, cool. hello Hey! It hey! Works. It works. You got through. How's it going? <laughs> hey, uh, I just want to talk about a couple calls ago. You got a guy who said he went to Outward Bound. Yeah. Uh, my brother went to Outward Bound, and my dad sent him there because he was like breaking a bunch of shit and being just like a terrible delinquent teenager, and they advertised to him that they could fix him. So. I just thought that was interesting that he 
he might have left out that little part about him. That like uh, it was like a punishment, know. like you get sent to outward bound because like you're like a troubled child. Yeah, yeah, that's possibly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I've never heard of outward bound. But he way, was probably a fun guy to hang out with. I younger. bet. I bet. Um, so, <laughs> what is your tale of near death experience or scariest moment of your life? Well, well, uh, there's a few. You know, some of them have been touched on already. You know, like. Uh, getting hit by a semi happened before um when i was a a kid i almost got kidnapped and my dad uh saved me who almost Uh, jumped out of an airplane once and uh oh what who almost kidnapped you uh my dad used to drive a truck uh all over the country and before i uh, started going to school he would take me with um and we were at like a truck stop uh, getting gas or something, and he was paying the the ca- cashier or teller or whatever. And some random guy came up to me and was like, "Hey, kid, what's going on?" And he like grabbed my hand and started to walk away. What? And then, like right at that moment, my dad turned around just in time and grabbed the guy and pushed him away. And that was it. That's so um, crazy that some people try to steal other people. Yeah, that is I pretty can't, crazy. Can't fathom such a thing. <laughs> I, really I didn't think I almost died though, so I well, thought maybe that would just be like a casual mention. Who knows? Um, but so when when is the almost? Did you have one where you almost died? Uh, yeah. Well, the the semi truck one that I almost died there. Um, I went to meet a, a prostitute one time in the hood, um, and after I came, I just ran out of there. So I don't think I was going to die. You know, maybe from like a d- disease or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> and nice. uh, let's see what. Else? Uh, jumping out of a plane, I had a parachute, so that one doesn't count. Um, then there was uh, probably the most terrified I ever was, was um, I was crossing the, the train tracks with my now wife. Um, and she she was wearing heels, and they were, like, a little uncomfortable, you know, making her feel like, uh, you know, she needed to adjust them. Okay. So she decided that we should stop on the train tracks. And I remember I stopped for a second and I was like, come on, you shouldn't be doing this on the train tracks, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I pulled her after a couple seconds and I was like, fix your shoes here. here. And then a train just went flying by right How's after. That? I never understood the whole train, like getting hit by a train. You're like, the train tracks like shake when the thing's five miles away. You know, that's what I was thinking. I was like, why didn't I it's hear like they it? Make why didn't so I so much it? noise? They're so loud. They're like, I mean, maybe they're not loud, but they're like, you know, they sh- it shakes and they're, they have lights on them. I never got people getting hit by trains unless they wanted to get hit. I by didn't train. feel anything. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. Maybe it was just a quieter train. Maybe. You know, maybe it was loud that day. Maybe, yeah, maybe, it was maybe they wanted to hit us. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but I just remember that was like the most afraid I was in terms of somebody dying. But I feel like I was about to die. It was like that like was the one where I you're like, I really just dodged one. Huh? Are you, that was the one where you're like, I really dodged a bullet here. Like I. Yeah, 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 yeah. If yeah. I left her, that would uh, that would kind of suck. Did you, you know, have any any start sort of over, start you... dating a new girl? You know, build a relationship again. <laughs> yeah, total bummer. <laughs> Do you have any sort of new lease on life after that? Or was that you were just like, whatever happens? Uh, you know, I kind of, I figured that was the day when I would stop letting her 
make all the decisions for her own <laughs> life and start pitching in a yeah. little bit more. You yeah. know, maybe Trying, you should be careful. That's when maybe the man's that's when the mansplaining started. Uh, <laughs> all right, cool. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Yeah, take all it right. easy. All right, later. All right, everybody. That's been the show for tonight episode. Oh, we got another caller. Should I pick it up? All right, I'll pick it up. All right, I'll pick it up. Hello, you're the last caller of the night. Who hey, what's going on, Danny? How you doing? Good, how are you? Uh, good, man. This is uh, Justin sitting in Indiana. Justin in Indiana. So uh, let's hear it. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so 2003, graduate high school, uh, joined the Army straight out, uh, signed up with what's called a Ranger contract. Uh, so I went to airborne school and then to go do uh rip which is a ranger course okay uh so my third day there i end up doing a exercise that was force on force what's what's, and, what's that exactly force on force uh yeah that just means i was playing the op four so i was the opposing course okay and then the other guys doing the training were like assaulting the area that i was guarding okay <clears throat> So, so everyone's supposed to have blanks. Uh, well, the guy that came to me had live rounds that he had taken off a range a week before he wasn't supposed to have. And then I got shot twice. What? <laughs> in a training yeah, thing, you just got leg. shot twice? Yep, once in each leg. Why he shoot you in the legs? Actually, he said that because it was such close contact, he aimed for my legs, so if there was any discharge... From the blank rounds, it wouldn't hurt me. Oh, shit. How, how did he have blanks? Or how did he have live ammunition in his... I don't even get that. Like, There's no sort of like uh, process to make sure that that does not happen? Oh, uh, no. There's tons of processes. They just uh, didn't do them right. Just none of them? They just all slipped through the cracks kind of thing? Yeah, basically. Supposedly, they told me that he was on a range uh, about a week before that. Uh, just left uh, left some live rounds in his gear. Got off the range with it. Then boom. Oops! Uh, I just happened to be the unlucky guy. Uh, the first shot he hit me with it severed my femoral artery, um, which you can bleed out from in like two minutes. So I just looked down and saw all this blood gushing out. Holy shit! Then uh, the second shot he hit me hit me in the other leg after I fell down. Uh, on the ground, and then that leg eventually ended up being amputated. Oh wow, dude! That's sorry to hear that. That's insane. Yeah, man, it was a crazy story. But uh, and whatever, I mean, can't, like what what happens? Like, what does the army do to make that right? Like, how does that work? I uh, basically just got out like anyone else would. They got injured, uh, get VA disability pay, um, you know, just that kind of stuff forever, yeah, pretty much. Forever, and that's it. And they just go sorry. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Damn, dude. That's fucking wild. Shit, man. Well, but I guess it could have been worse. Like, do you ever think about that? You're like, I guess he could have shot me like in the fucking abdomen twice and then you'd be dead. Yeah, I mean, he could have shot me in the face. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Do they shoot blanks at people's faces? For... No, you're not supposed to. Yeah, you're not supposed, supposed to be in center mass. That's but, what I'm saying. You know, it's like, he probably should have shot you in the abdomen twice or in the chest. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, the near death part ended up being that, um, as I was in the hospital, it was like a 15 hour surgery by the time I got to the hospital. 
this was at Fort Benning, Georgia. So it was Columbus, Georgia Regional Medical Center. Um, I lost so much blood during the surgery that they told they told me I coded out for sixty seconds. Wow. And do you, do you remember anything from that? Like, did you have like the caller earlier where he was like looking at his body kind of thing? Yeah, I heard that, and I got jealous because I never heard, I never saw or did anything like that. No. I was just unconscious for you know, to, you know, it was just like a nap, like yeah, you're just asleep just, and then you just wake up. Yeah. Damn, crazy. Well, then, then you know, you get everyone telling you all this stuff. What stuff? Like what happened? They're like, yeah. They're, oh, they're like, filling you in. Yeah, because yeah, you're probably your surgery was so long. This is how you got shot. You know. Oh, by the way, you. you oh, by the way, you died for sixty seconds. Uh, Damn, that's fucking wild. That is really crazy. Um, cool, man. Well, thank you for calling in. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for sharing. Uh, yeah, man. Thanks for taking it. All right, take care. Yeah, you too. Damn, that's fucking wild. All right, that is actually the show. Thanks very much, everybody, for joining. Uh, for calling in. Uh, I saw. Damn it! I got a call from Joe, the lawyer, right now. Joe, you got. We'll call you in the after show, Joe. We'll call you in the after show in uh, a few minutes because we got to wrap this bad boy up. If you want to join us in the after show, you can do so. patreoncom slash mail uh, or lowvaluemail.locals.com. Thanks for everybody watching on Rumble, everybody on YouTube, everybody everywhere. You're all the best. I will see some of you shortly, and the rest of you. Don't forget bathhouse tomorrow night, 10 p.m. Or I'll catch y'all on the next female dating strategy stream or next week. Who knows? But I'll see you soon. All right. Good night, everybody. Take care. Yeah.